In today's show, let's look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are... Here to start week 13, a lot of very intriguing things happened over the last couple of days and things that I'm not sure I have great answers for. I know that's not a great way to start a show, but I'm going to try and give answers for them. I'm going to try and talk about it. I'm going to try and um, look into hype, whether it's real and what, what to make sense of, because there's been a lot of weird things happen. So I guess, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. The most added players this is over the last 48 hours. Number one. And the two top guys there are two guys that I just I cannot stand as NBA players. I just think they're significantly overrated, but here they are producing for very specific circumstances, quite obviously. Number one is Montrose Howell, and I have no problem with him being added with the absence of Joel Embiid. I wouldn't say that he's going to dominate every game. There are going to be some games where he does struggle, but with both Embiid and Tucker out for Sunday's game, that it makes sense to add him. We know what he is. He's a points, rebounds sometimes, and field goal percentage player who struggles with free throws and doesn't really provide anything in any of those other categories. And that can have value, for sure. Um, is he a long-term solution? Absolutely not. Like, not even close to it. But as a, as a short-term ad, no problem. The next one's more interesting, I think, and that is Dennis Schroeder, who has been really strong the last couple of games. 40th-ranked player over the last week. The minutes are up, and that's probably the thing that I look at the most because we know Austin Reeves is out, Lonnie Walker's out, Anthony Davis is out, um, and when the team is healthy, there's just not enough there for him to do. If LeBron and Westbrook and Davis and even Walker are playing, he doesn't get opportunities to handle the ball, doesn't get usage, doesn't do anything, right? But Davis is out, and then Reeves is out, and then Walker's out, and we're seeing big stuff here from Schroeder, who's playing 38 minutes a night. But in that time, in those last four games, this is the thing that where I have an issue with his long-term viability. He's averaging two and a half assists and 2.8 rebounds. Right? That's just not a realistic number to... And no, sorry, not a not realistic number. Maintaining that number, it just doesn't give you fantasy value. And I'm not suggesting that he's going to have better numbers than that. It's not where I go, wow, this is a guy who gets seven assists easily and he's, only, he's on a real downturn. Because I just don't think he's that guy on this team that produces that. The way he's getting by is by hitting 61% of his threes. So I can sit here, you know what I'm going to say, like he won't do it. That'll, that'll probably cut in half. He's a 33 to 34% shooter. And instead of going at, what's he hitting? 2.8 of 5.8 threes. Is that the right number? No, 3.5 of 5.8 threes. What if he hits two threes? So that's six fewer points per game. So 24 points comes down to 18 points. Still good. 3.53s comes down to 1.53s. 53% from the field comes down to 45% from the field. And then we're looking at him as barely a streamer. So I get it. But also, if you add him now, you don't get those last four games. You don't get 38 minutes at 61% three-point shooting. You don't get him. It's a nice little hot streak. 
And again, when you look at those numbers, and a lot of, this will get pushed out, man, Schroeder is dominating at the moment. Look at these numbers. He's doing this on 61% shooting. And the way a lot of people look at it, they go, man, he's killing it. I've got to add him. And I look at that and go, oh, yeah, there's no way. Uh, there's no way. Like, if I see some man, he's on this hot streak, he just hits 75% of his shots. I go, okay, well, that means he's going to have a th some 30% shooting nights coming up. That's how I look at that sort of stuff. Because I know that that was great and that happened, but it doesn't mean that it's going to happen because it, it won't. It, it just won't. I'm not dissuading you from adding Dennis Schroeder. He's got a good schedule this week. Those players are still out. He's going. And the minutes is what I'm interested in, the extra minutes. But when it falls off, it's going to be bad. And then we move on. The next guy is Najee Marshall, who is the thumbnail of this video. And yes, he is a great ad. I am very skeptical of what Najee Marshall's value is going to be when Brandon Ingram is back, whenever the hell that is. Marshall, over the last four games, is playing 30 minutes a night. Not a top 100 player, mind you. He's averaging 18 points, shooting 47 and 72 because he does struggle. You know, doesn't get assists. He's not a high-volume three-point shooter. He's averaging 1.5 steals and averaging 18 points, and it's all really good. And he's outperforming Trey Murphy very clearly at the moment. But we have seen this story all season is that Marshall steps up when multiple players are out and then the players come back and he plays 18 to 20 minutes. Now, I guess you could say that the last couple of games, maybe they keep Marshall starting and not Trey Murphy with Zion out. I guess that's a possibility. I really, I don't, I don't think they do, right? I'm a little bit more attuned to that being a possibility because Murphy has sort of struggled the last three to four weeks. He can't really find his place and Marshall's stepping up. But there's no guarantee of that. So Marshall absolutely is a guy for now, but as soon as Ingram is back and back playing 30 minutes, Marshall might be useless, might be a 16-team league player. For example, Najee Marshall, despite Ingram being out for six, seven weeks and Zion missing a bunch of time and the Pelicans team really never being healthy, he is not a top 200 player this season. So there's been lots of opportunities with at least one player out all year, and he's not top 200. On a nice little streak now and should be rostered. But yeah, watch that one. Karis Levert, one of the most added players. Dracarys. I mean, sure. But we've seen this story. Garland out, add Karis. Mitchell out, add Karis. Both back, drop Karis. And it looks like that both of these guys will be back for their next game. Which is, are they playing today? I don't think so. I think they're playing tomorrow, and we should have Garland and Mitchell both playing. So adding Levert probably doesn't make sense. These next four are the top added players over on Yahoo. Kyle Anderson, like not much to really talk about there. Like, yeah, sure. I don't know when Towns is back. Probably another two to three weeks at least. Towns, uh, Anderson is, um, yeah, worth having. Upside's not particularly high, but he's, he's a good add. Tyus Jones, yeah, like not really. Like his value's there. I guess, no, that's not true. Let me rephrase. Ja Morant's questionable for today's game. And we know that Tyus has value there. And it seems like Tyus has got value at the moment. Bain's out, Morant's out. Either of those guys are out. Tyus's value goes up. And he remains that luxury stash top. So I don't mind that one. Max Struess, I have no interest in all at all in him. He was good last game with Hero out, but this is not a long-term play. I'd much rather go underneath him. And that's Victor Oladipo. There are still going to be shooting concerns with him, but the defensive numbers, the minutes are up. I'm liking the usage. He is a 12-team league guy at the moment, Victor Oladipo. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who'll do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. 
Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With the TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. It feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Into it, TurboTax full service products only video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Let's go to the most dropped players. Number, well, the number one and two there are both Wizards players, Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia. I think some of that is schedule related. Some of that's also, they're not very good. And yes, Beal is out, but that doesn't guarantee, it doesn't appear. While it did earlier in the season, it guaranteed great stuff from Avdia. While he's coming off the bench and the fact that Rui is back, they're just sort of eating into each other. There'll be opportunities for Rui in 12-team points leagues to maybe have some value, but I wouldn't say that either of those, it's an egregious drop. It's totally okay. Naz Reed was dropped. I guess people are frustrated with the back issue. I Look, this is a guy that was like putting his top 70 numbers out. Yes, yeah, 21 minutes a night. It is hard to do that. And Anderson's playing and now Prince is back and Reed's hurt. So I get it. I'd be pretty quick to re-add him though when he's healthy. Reggie Jackson, most dropped plays. Yeah, well, why the hell was he added? Um, Kendrick Nunn, again, again, Why? Why was he added? Um, Patrick Williams, it's just the, the constant stuff, right? We have a look. We see the minutes. We go, okay, let's try it. And then what did he shoot last game? 20% from the field and 50% from the line because he continues to be wildly underwhelming and inconsistent. When there's good schedule opportunities, we love having a guy that plays on the low volume days, that plays 34 minutes a night. That's really valuable. But that's it. Like, I don't want him these other nights and there's just like a 50-50 chance he's going to be solid or shit house in those games anyway. Mo Wagner has been dropped. Understandably, like, okay, Wendell Carter's back, Mo Wagner's on the bench, it was a nice little run he had, thanks for coming, and yeah, we don't need you anymore, that's a very, very clear drop at this point, although the Magic do have a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, so yeah, there's not, not a huge amount of, play. Well, there's no other team actually, that has the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, so maybe he had a little bit of value there, and the next one is Trey Murphy, who had been top 100 nearly all season, but has sort of fallen out of there now, because he is in a real big slump, the last 15 games, he's just not doing anything. He can't get rebounds. His shooting is still really good, 41% from three. He doesn't get assists. Steals and blocks are nowhere to be seen. Really, all he's providing is free throw percentage and threes. He's not even scoring in high volume. And while I do think he continues to start while Ingram and Zion are out, I'm not sure that that makes him must roster. He again, 108th ranked player this season. That would suggest must roster player. How was he able to get to that number? Well, he averaged a steal a game. He is got like six steals over the last 15 games. It's not enough. So that's really the difference here between Murphy's value over the course of the season versus what he's done over the last month. It's that, yes, he's scoring one fewer point per game with a little bit of a drop in usage, but he's just not getting steals. So that's really what's turning him from must roster to roster. We know the volatility of steals. So, you know, really, he looks more like a a three-streamer. And I've been pretty, um, not headstrong, but pretty like, yeah, look, let's keep him. Let's, you know, the role is there. He's been good all year. But it's a drop-off. And when all you're contributing at the moment is some free throw percentage, he's good at it, and some threes, I can probably do other things with that roster spot. Now, I might desperately need threes and free throw percentage, and he fits perfectly to what my team needs. 
But as a must-roster player, I'm not sure he's in that little boat at the moment. Let's look at some droppable players. Again, these are guys you do not have to drop, but you can. If they're on your roster and need to make a move, do it. Bol Bol. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't see it. He's still out. The minutes have been declining, and now they have got... Yeah, the, the, I, there is no way in my mind that Bol comes back and starts over either Gary Harris or plays more minutes than Cole Anthony or gets an opportunity ahead of Jalen Suggs. I just don't see why he would. His play had declined anyway. Carter's back. Franz is back. Paolo's playing. I don't see why we need to hold him. Malik Beasley's definitely turned into like the Trey Murphy points and threes sort of streamer. Benedict Matherin is a free throw percentage and points type streamer. Has been all season. Really struggles in a lot of other areas. Doesn't do anything in those areas. Um, and then Karis LeVert. I know he's one of the most added players, but with Mitchell and Garland playing, I don't see the purpose in Karis LeVert, apart from if you want to try and lose both percentages because the volume just won't be large enough, I don't think, for Karras to be um, uh, useful most of the most of the season, or at least in the short term. In terms of points league guys, a lot of the same names here still have been rostered in too many spots. Brandon Clark. Jalen McDaniels is an interesting one. I think he's a strong uh, category league hold. In a points league, you probably still do want to have him with the absence of Haywood. Sorry, Mr. Doubtful Gordon Haywood. And with Cali Ubre. But... Is his value in a points league good enough to hold through you know, streaming or to hold through a, a guy that's putting his hand up for m more playing time or for increased production? I'm not sure. But as always, with any points league ad drop decision, who's your worst player? Who's your guy that's averaging the fewest points over the season, over the last month, over the last two weeks, over the last week? There's never a formula. Well, if the guy's averaging the least over the last week, we drop him. Or if it's for the month, it's all about nuance. And like, you got to look at all these things and which directions a player heading, is things working in his, in his favor. But in general, if there's a clear player who's just averaging two, three fewer points than everyone else on your team, and he's only averaging two, three more points than the guys on the waiver wire, then he's a drop then you don't need to have him. You move on, you cycle through, you get guys in for schedules, you get six, seven games out of that roster spot instead of three or four. That's what makes sense. So that's how we've got to view that. And I think McDaniels, in a lot of your teams on a 12-team league, while he might be an ad, look, the opportunity is great, but what has he produced enough to be better than your worst player? And if the answer is no, then he's droppable. And I think he will be that for a lot of people in their fantasy teams. Let's look at some must-roster players. And interestingly, he's not at the top of the list anymore, guys. I still think that Cali the Knicks should be rostered, but there's been enough of a shooting downturn here that I've just tweaked his overall shooting numbers for the rest of the season, and he sort of falls below these players. He, I still think he's a 12-team league player, but he's not in my top four guys who are, who are rostered in under 80% um, of leagues that need to be rostered. I still think Olenek is a 12-team league player, but he's in a big slump. The shots just aren't falling. Now, he's still getting defensive stats. He's still getting some assists. He just is shooting like 20% from the field over the last three weeks. And that just isn't a realistic number to continue. Again, we also always have to remember these things. And someone had a question about Desmond Bain to me earlier today. Man, Bain is really struggling. He's disappointed. How long do we persist? Like the guy's hitting 22% of his three since he returned. Do you honestly believe Desmond Bain's a 22% shooter from three? Like, no, you don't. So you know there's going to be a big improvement. It is going to happen. Do you believe any NBA player let alone a big man, is like a 20% shooter from the field, which Kelly Linick's been over the last three weeks. And if you, unless you're lying to yourself, you say no. Like You know that's not the case. So the fact that he's maintaining 30 minutes a night while shooting one of the hor most horrible numbers in the NBA means there's going to be stuff improving. So I get the urge because you know, we all love, oh, this is what he did last game. 
So that's what's going to happen next game. Or this is what's happened for the last three weeks. Therefore, how can anything change? I, I understand that mentality. It's just, it, it is hard to, to fight through it. But it almost inevitably means something good is going to happen. Like there is going to be an improvement in those numbers. And I don't really see, I don't think Linux getting benched playing 18 minutes so they can start Kessler and Vanderbilt together. I don't think that's happening. I just think there's, we need a turnaround in the shooting. Maybe it comes. Maybe it doesn't. If, if you're in a 10-team league, I get dropping a Linux. I know the, uh, he's not even on this list, but I need to talk about him. I get dropping a Linux. I, I just wouldn't. Must roster players. I know he's out today, but um, Jalen Dern. 31, 32 minutes a night. Nice rebounder. Not blocking enough shots, which is annoying, but um, good rebounds. Decent scoring. Some steals are pretty good. Field goal percentage is pretty good. Yep. Dan Gafford, same stuff. Like both of these guys are 12 team league players um, and need to be rostered. Killian Hayes, I believe, is a must roster player. They're pumping good minutes into him, which is great. He's getting big assists, good steals. The field goal percentage is a concern, but all of these players have concerns. Like Gafford and Duran have some free throw percentage issues. They don't hit threes. Hayes doesn't hit field goals, but he'll score okay. He'll hit some threes. He'll get some assists. He's not a bad rebound. He'll get some steals. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And I don't think that, like, just because Jalen Duran's a must roster player, it doesn't mean it makes sense on your team, but he shouldn't sit on the waiver wire. So you grab him and you see if anyone wants him or whatever. He just shouldn't be sitting there. And it might not be your team, but it might be somebody else's team. Like someone needs to grab these guys. And the same goes, I think, for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's still available in 20 plus percent of leagues. Yes, his upside is pretty limited with Murray and Hunter and Young, but 29, 30 minutes, good scoring, hit some threes. He's a 12 team league player. The next four guys are more specifically to points leagues, and Hayes and Duran are on that list. But put Stephen Adams there. I still think he's a must-roster category league player for his rebounds alone, but he does struggle with um, free throws. Obviously, he's hitting, like, 30% or something. He's not a big scorer, not a big shot blocker, but the rebounds and field goals are strong enough. And then there's Markel Fultz, who I do think is a must-roster across all formats. I just have him a little bit higher rated there in points leagues. But he's the clear starting point guard. He's been unbelievable in terms of helping turn their season around. He, what, he had six steals or something yesterday. Like He's putting up huge numbers. There's going to be issues with shooting at times, especially free throws. So be aware of that. But he's an excellent, excellent fantasy contributor in both points and category league formats. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want sugar, you don't want calories, well, you don't want many of them. You want as low as possible. That's what Built Bar brings you. Bilt Bar is the delicious protein bar filled with protein, but low in calories, fat, and sugar. And you know what their secret is? Well, it's not a secret because I blast it out over the airwaves every day. The secret to their taste, secret, is 100% real chocolate. That's it. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. So it tastes unbelievably good. And now you can get all these great flavors. It's churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. But they taste just like a candy bar. And you don't even have to go to Bilt.com because that's where I've been telling you to go for years. You can actually go to Walmart. And go down to the pharmacy section. You can find four bar boxes. You need the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff flavor. Or if you want a bigger box, go to Sam's Club. They've got a 13 bar box in the churro flavor and in the brownie batter flavor. So get your Built Bars either online at Built.com or go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club. Built Bar is built different. Look at some hot players. These guys are all top 100 over the last week, and they're all available in at least 40% of leagues. Talked about Kyle Anderson, Dennis Schroeder already. Come on, Looney, having a nice little renaissance. He's been on this list a couple of times this season, and then he drops way off. 42nd over the last week. He's 142nd for the season. How is he getting to this number? Oh, 16 rebounds. Okay, so we look at that and go, okay, that's, this is part of understanding how we interpret fantasy. 16 rebounds. 
All right, remember, if you add Kevon Looney now, you don't get 16 rebounds a game. That's what he did. They were crazy numbers, and they're just, look at his career. He's not a 16-rebound a game player. It just isn't. He's also averaging a block per game. He's not usually that. He's hitting 75 from the line. He's not usually that. And he's at 63 from the field. Maybe he's that, but not really. So there's a lot happening here with Looney. Also, 29 minutes a game that is skewing that ranking way up. Is he a must-roster player? I don't believe so. In a 14-team league, yeah, absolutely. In a 12, you can ride this little minutes hot streak. That's what's more interesting to me, is the minutes hot streak. But he could easily have six and six without a steal on a block and shoot 40% from the line next game really easily. So don't be too over-exuberant on that. Let's look at Anthony Lamb, who, again, it's a really hot name. There were some very big performances from random players yesterday. And Anthony Lamb's actually top 50 over the last week in three games. How has that happened? Well, he's played 31 minutes a night, so there's your number one red flag. Because what's going to happen this week? Well, Andrew Wiggins is returning and not going to play 19 minutes like last game. Last game, Clay Thompson was a mystery late second scratch with knee soreness. And there's some other bloke by the name of Steph Curry that's returning uh, in one game's time, probably on Friday. They've got a game Tuesday and Friday, I think it is. So is there any way that Lamb's playing 31 minutes a night? Almost definitely not. Or, look, <laughs> no way. Yes, his minutes have been helped by Kaminga's absence, but adding Wiggins, Clay, and Steph back into that mix is not going to allow this to happen. He's also on a two-way contract and only has 18 more games left before he has, either has to be converted or can't play. I think he'll get converted, but I don't know that yet. He's averaging 20 points per game. He's shooting 40% from three. He's got um, a usage of 21%. Really, it's just coming from big usage and big minutes, hitting his free throws, true shooting of 68%. Like, just not realistic. So while it was great, what he did yesterday, um, a lot of factors went into that, and I don't think they're anywhere near replicable. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. That's an easy ad to me. Like, he's just a must-roster across all formats at this point. Jalen McDaniels in the hot players list. Now, don't confuse this with droppable players. Yes, as I said when I talked about Jalen back then, yes, he's a 12-team ad while Haywood is out. But when you're looking a little bit longer term, especially in a points league, if you do need to make a decision to cut somebody, because I think Haywood, maybe Haywood's a week. I don't know how long. But again, it's all about looking at those points league values and where he sits versus the waiver wire. But he's been great over the last week, Jalen McDaniels. This is again where he's ranked points league wise. Um, He's 54th over the last week, averaging 12 points, but the value comes from 2.3 steals and 1.3 blocks. Like, he's averaging 12 and 8 otherwise, which is all right, but it's not great. It all comes from those defensive stats, which in points leagues just don't mean anywhere near as much. And that's what reduces that overall impact and why I had him as maybe a drop in a points league format, if you're looking longer term. Bruce Brown, been really strong. We just keep rolling with him. Um, where he, Look, if they get healthy for a prolonged period of time and Brown plays 24 minutes a night, then he's not a hold. But I think for now, we hold him. And then Lou Dort is also a guy who is much maligned by me um, for being a bad category league player. Because let's be honest, he is the 162nd ranked player this season. But what's happened over the last week? Well, he's shooting well. 50% from the field and 85 from the line, including 56% from three. So there you go. That's, that's it. He's averaging four rebounds and two and a half assists. Nothing exciting. He's just hitting all of his threes and he doesn't do that. He's probably 20 percentage points higher than his usual number. That's going to come down. The production's going to come down. And he's not going to be a, an ongoing top 100 player. Streamable, yeah, absolutely right. Points league, 12-team league guy, no no issues at all. As an ongoing point, category league, 12-team league player, no, not interested at all. Let's look at some deep league players. Um, 
these guys are all available using a couple of metrics in 90% plus of leagues. Dillon Wright and Nico Batum, I think, are 14-team league guys that you do want to grab. And I think that the big fella... Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Williams is a 14-team league guy. I think he remains a 12-team league luxury stash. But honestly, you're waiting for a Plumlee injury or trade or benching. And I'm not sure they're coming in the next three weeks or so. I don't think they're going to bench Plumlee, which is unfortunate. I don't, you know, can't predict an injury. And I don't think they're rushing to trade him in the next week or two. So he remains a 12-team luxury stash. But even in 17, 18 minutes, Mark Williams is a 14-team league option, I think. The next bunch of guys are all 16-team league players who are available in a lot of spots. Grayson Allen, rock solid roll. 12 points, two threes, it's good. It's good enough for 16s. Andrew Nempard, rock solid roll. Three, four assists, useful enough in the 16-team league. Patrick Beverly, pretty rock solid roll. Although, who knows what's going to happen to that team if and when Anthony Davis returns. There's some talk that maybe they start Davis and Tom Bryant, which feels ridiculous to me, but maybe they do. And that would reduce someone like Beverly or Schroeder. Um, Drew Eubanks, great block streamer, available in every, every league almost, 16-team league guy for sure. And Timothy John McConnell, assists and steals, gives him 16-team league value. These are the guys that are really generating some interest though at the moment. Let's go to Utah and look at Oshai Agbaji because... Again, one of the things, and you see it, and no offense to, to um, the guys at Roto World, NBC Sports Edge who write this thing, but yeah, the, the blurb on him yesterday was, you know, we're all ab- aboard adding Agbaji, right? And I look at it and go, look, he was great yesterday for sure. He had 19 points, one rebound, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks on 100% shooting. The game before that, he shot 86% from the field. He's still a a 21-minute-a-night player. And despite those last two good games, he is averaging um, 10 points per game over his last three. And that's 192nd in fantasy, despite shooting 79% from the field. Does not have a single steal or a single block. Has two rebounds and one assist in his last three games. That's in 45 minutes of action. And we we know (laughs) that he's not a shooter like this. And he still has Conley, Beasley, Clarkson, and probably Sexton, all ahead of him. It's empty, empty scoring on a ridiculous hot streak. And I don't, look, in a 16-team league, by all means. I talked about him early last week and said, hey, they are going to give him rotation minutes. Keep an eye on it. Deeper leagues, go for your life. All right, Ta- told you about this part. This was going to happen. Um, but, look, no, I'm not doing it in 10 or 12 or 14. Probably not even 16, to be honest, because this is not real. As I detailed on a post yesterday somewhere, I tweeted about it, talking about like his game from um, Saturday, Agbaji, that if instead of going seven from seven from the field, he went two of four from three and two of three from two, still 50% shooting from three and 67 from two, like unbelievable numbers, his line would have been 10-1-1 with no steals and no blocks. And we looked at it and gone, like, who cares? Like that's that's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But he got ridiculously hot. He's missed one shot in two games. And the, you look at a big shiny points number and go, oh, that. that's great. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a catalyst and he turns into a 30-minute-a-night player and starts racking up all those peripheral stats. I just highly doubt it. It's going to need probably three or four things to happen, including him getting better in so many other areas. And then Conley going out and Clarkson going out and Beasley not being there and Sexton maybe not playing. Now, Beasley's minutes have come down a little bit. But 
the path for Agba like in 20 minutes now, Agbaji's nowhere near a 12 team league player. Not even remotely close to it, I don't think. But these games will confuse you. So watch. If anyone adds him in your 10 or 12 or 14 team league, watch who they drop. It might be someone good. Hey, but you know what? If you want to disagree, go right ahead. I just refuse to believe that a man's going to be an 88% shooter moving forward. Don't believe it. Dwayne Washington Jr. Um, campaign's out. Chris Paul's out. Devin Booker's out. Washington didn't start last game. It was Damian Lee who was the starter um, in the second half with with um, with Paul out. I don't know who's going to start this game, whether it is Washington, but we know he's a high-usage player who can get some assists. At least in the short term, there is some value in him or in Lee. I wouldn't get too excited there, but there is something about it. I'm very interested in um, Jaden Hardy, especially for today. Hardy is a guy that will score a lot. Now, he's not getting by on insane shooting numbers like Agbaji, but Doncic is out on Sunday, so Hardy maybe starts and plays good minutes. I think we can rely upon Hardy playing 15 to 16 minutes a night at the moment, especially with Josh Green out and Finney Smith out. Is he a long-term ad? I really doubt that. Could he be a pairing next to Doncic instead of Dinwiddie? I mean, sure, but it's not really going to happen. Could he find 20 minutes a night? Well, again, there's Doncic, there's Dinwiddie, there's Hardaway. Is he the fourth guard there? I don't really want to put a lot of faith in a fourth guard, even though he has scored really well. But for at least this game, for Sunday, Hardy's got some appeal. He looks really good as a scorer. Shouldn't have gone in the second round. We're all well aware of that. We said that at draft time. But we don't need to get too excited about it. And then we go to the Spurs. There's four guys here. Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Zach Collins, Malachi Branham. Zach Collins is a really good ad. Pirtle dealing with Achilles. It was probably just a back-to-back thing. But Collins is just getting 21, 20 minutes a night. Pirtle's minutes go up and down. I don't mind holding on to Collins because he's providing like 14-team league value as it is with definite 12, 10-team league upside. But the replacements for Devin Vassell, it's all over the shop. And I talked about this when Vassell went down, is that we had a a group of games where we could view what happened and nothing was consistent. One game, it was Richardson, like last game. One game, it's Langford. One game, it's nobody. One game, it's Branham. Like, who knows? And like, one thing we know so far, though, it's not Sohan. His minutes have actually gone down since... um, uh, Vassell and then Calvin Johnson went out. These minutes have gone down. And again, it's never as clear as, well, those guys are out, so his usage and everything's going to go through the roof. It hasn't at all for Sohan. Now, Sohan still has some appeal, but this big boost that a lot of people expected to happen clearly hasn't. Langford's going to start over Richardson. That gives him the head start, but I just don't feel confident about any of these guys, any of those three guards, Richardson, Langford, Branham. I, I don't feel confident at all. Now, if Keldon is out, it does really give an extra... I think if Keldon remains out with a hamstring issue, which I don't know, then I think Richardson is at least worth having a look at. Langford's been one of the worst per 36 fantasy players in the NBA his entire career. I think he's ranked 350th per 36 minutes this season. And that was the first, the first time he's ever been in the top 400 in per 36 value. Richardson at least has had top 60 fantasy seasons in the past. So I'd like him a little bit over Langford, but it's going to be so, so up and down. The other thing, they might actually start introducing Blake Wesley back into the mix too. So what I think is going to happen is you're going to have Richardson go off, you're going to have Langford go off, you're going to have Branham once some nights, you're going to have Bates Diop, you're going to have Sohan some nights, and it's going to be all back and forward and back and forward without any clear winner. I'd probably add Collins over any of them, even though it's completely different positioning. And I just don't think anyone here is going to... Um, produce consistent value. If I had to have a look, I'd go with a guy who is the better fantasy producer, and that is Josh Richardson, but I don't feel particularly confident in that. 
And the last name on this list is Al Horford, who is struggling. He 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 just he just is. He's struggling. I you know, we think he can get better, but he's 36 years old. So maybe we're at a spot where he doesn't get better. He's not a top 100 player unless you count turnovers, which again, count, that's great. He doesn't get turnovers, but he's averaging five points over the last week without a steal, with one steal, one block, not per game total, and not shooting the ball well. I do think that his shooting is going to improve, but his free throws have been bad all season. He's not taking any of them, so that's not that big of a deal. But minutes are down as well. Rob Williams, they're not playing Williams and Horford together very much, which is hurting Al. So I think it is a hard call to make. In a head-to-head league, I don't think that Al Horford in 10-team leagues is a must-roster. And I don't think. In a points league, in 12-team points league, no problem, drop him. He's not, not good enough. In a 12-team category league, it would depend on who I'm adding. But I think, again, it's always what you want to look at. Who is your worst player? who has been your worst player, who projects to be your worst player. And if it's him, you say goodbye. Because I'm not entirely convinced at his age that it jumps back up strongly. I'm not really fully on board with this, but that is definitely the way that it is trending. Like if I had to come to a decision between Horford and Alinek, I'd keep Alinek. If it had to come between Horford and Trey Murphy, hmm, that's a difficult one. I probably keep Horford, but I don't know. And that's sort of where my decision-making is with him. I'm still not really certain with it, but it is absolutely trending in the wrong direction. He is struggling with a lot of things that we've come to know from Horford as strengths. And his value, ranking-wise, is propped up by never turning the ball over. And if you're not actually providing positives in any other category, a lack of turnovers doesn't help a fantasy team. I want to know your opinion, especially on some of these hot players like Agbaji and Hardy and the Spurs bullshit and Alinek, not hot, you know, trending names, Alinek and Horford. I want to know what you guys think. Drop it down below in the comments. Guys, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.